Welcome to the Carry On Cast. I am Pastor Megan. I'm so glad to be with you here today. And I am joined by... Pastor Steve. And... Pastor Brandon. Oh, it's so good to be together. And uh, friends, hey, we're still in the book of Genesis. But if you are... I know, I know. But if you're getting a little like, oh, how long can we spend in one book? I got good news for you. We've got this reading this Sunday. One more reading next Sunday. And then we're done with the book of Genesis. So take a breath and get, I know, get ready, you know, breathe it in, get some of that nostalgia for all those awkward stories and and family dysfunction. And, oh, it's been great. It's like Um, another day. Oh, it's just another day in the book of Genesis. And boy, oh boy, if you've been liking dysfunction and awkward family stories, have I got one for you this week. Um, Friends, we are moving from Jacob. To the story of Jacob's children, in particular, the story of his son, Joseph. And I'm just going to warn uh, my my fellow pastors here. If any of you break into Broadway musicals <laughs> and start singing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, I am afraid I will have to cut your mic. So, Well, you, um, can, you can just rest assured I don't even know the songs from that. <laughs> Uh, I think you just gave Brandon a challenge, what I I just saw. Um, Yes, yes, I was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in high school. Thanks for asking. I was one of the brothers. Nice. Sweet. How many boys were in our music program? (laughs) That's the question. That's Um, fantastic. Oh, my goodness. With that intro, um, hey, there is a lot that happened in between uh, what we heard last week and what we're going to hear this week. So... um, Pastor Steve, do you think you can give us a little uh, a little in between? I would love to do that. Here we are in the fourth generation, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. So last week, Jacob, we, we wrapped up his story and we found out uh, that he had uh, 12 sons and a bunch of daughters, some of which don't get named. That's another sermon series that... Uh, came from four different women, which is also another sermon series. <laughs> Dysfunction, ancient world, polygamy, yes, it's biblical. There we go. <laughs> another example of just because it's in the Bible yeah. doesn't <laughs> mean you should do it. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, and especially the next thing that happens, definitely don't do this. So what happened was we, in, in chapter 37, we meet this uh, 11th son of Jacob, who happens to be Jacob's favorite son. Why? the 11th because he's actually the firstborn son of the woman that Jacob actually wanted to marry back two weeks ago when we found out. So that's why Jacob or Joseph is Jacob's favorite because firstborn of Rachel. So Jacob, like every good father, plays favorites Mm -hmm. and (laughs) gives a special gift to Joseph, which, you know, is really popular with all of his brothers um, because (laughs) he actually doesn't deserve it according to the laws, but Jacob, anyway, he spoils him rotten, gives him this uh, dream, just dream coat. Did you just say dream coat? (laughs) I did. Because if you say technical or dream coat, I I am going to cut that mic. Um, (laughs) But here's a fun fact. A lot of people think it's a coat of many colors, Mm. but recent scholarship has shown that the word probably means with long sleeves because that was an extra expensive add-on because they usually wore sleeveless cloaks, right? Keeping in mind that fabric would have been really hard to make and really hard to produce. Mm, And so you had like the one tunic. And so not only an additional tunic, 
But one with sleeves. Yeah, with sleeves. Whoa. However, Whoa. the Joseph and the long sleeved robe, which just wouldn't doesn't, have been, it wouldn't have made it to Broadway. <laughs> you can't hear Donnie Osmond singing that quite the same way, right? That's right. So, uh, Joseph, but here's the key thing about Joseph he was a dreamer. And so he had a uh, quick summary. I got to speed this up. Two dreams that both of which uh, showed that his family would bow down and worship him. And so like a smart young man, he tells his brothers, hey, guess what? I had a dream that you're going to worship me. It, keeping in mind his 10 older, older brothers, brothers yeah. yeah, who um, <laughs> didn't like him in the first place. Right. And then he says, by the way, guys, you're going to bow down and worship me. And they just they hated him. Mm-hmm. And so they literally wanted to kill him. Yes. One brother steps in and says, let's not kill him. Let's do something so much nicer. Let's sell him into slavery. And then lie <laughs> and to then our lie. dad and say yeah. an animal killed him. Yeah. That's, yay! So there's these uh, Phoenician traders that are coming on their way to Egypt, and they 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 sell him into slavery. They go back to dad, and, and they pour animal blood on his beautiful long sleeve coat. And they tear it up, and they say, Dad, your favorite son's been killed by a wild animal. When actually... He's now a slave in Egypt. He's uh, bought by this guy named Potiphar. But here's the thing in Joseph. Joseph's recurring theme in his story is that everything that happened to him, he just said, okay, here's where I am. And he he tried to be faithful to God in that circumstance. And then he was blessed in that circumstance. And so in Potiphar's house, he did a great job being Potiphar's slave. So Potiphar makes him the head of his household. But then he's, he was apparently a good-looking guy too. So Potiphar's wife wanted to seduce him, but uh, Joseph wouldn't do it. So she gets mad. So she lies and gets him thrown into prison. And so he goes from bad to worse. And that's where our story picks up. We find Joseph... In prison, not only is he in prison, but he's a slave. So there you go. Yeah, it's pretty much, um, yeah, bad to worse Mm -hmm. in a very big way. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we hear at the beginning of our reading today in chapter 39, verse 20, when we hear, and Joseph's master, master took him and put him into the prison, we are talking about Potiphar hearing the account from his wife that Joseph has acted inappropriately, which is a lie, and uh, it's Potiphar throwing Joseph into prison. Um, whew, there's your intro, Pastor Brandon. Would yes. you read us uh, from Genesis uh, chapter 39, verse 20 uh, through chapter 40, verse 8? I would love to. Thank you. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Now sometime after this, the cup bearer of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he waited on them, and they continued for some time in custody. One night they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own meaning. 
When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Now, as the one who selected this pericope, I apologize for picking up in the middle and ending in the middle, right? Because we pick up just with Joseph being thrown into prison at the end of this very dramatic story, and we end the reading right before we're about to hear the dreams. And I know you're all saying, but what were the dreams? Read Um, it. Right, right. You can keep reading. You can read chapter 40. I totally, I totally think you can handle that. but I think another thing um, that, that I want you to know about what's coming up on Sunday is that that's the day that we, as a congregation, are being invited to turn in our statements of intent. That is to say, our documents that say, this is what I prayerfully and thoughtfully have decided I will give financially to the mission of Easter Lutheran Church for the year to come. So it, given that act in worship, it feels weird to say, all right, let's talk about, you know, giving and let's talk about faithfulness and let's talk about uh, Joseph in his master's house being accused of attacking his master's wife. <laughs> it just, so I wanted to shift back from that. But here's what really caught me. Like I, I'm looking at that last verse, right? Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. Mm. And it really struck me that here's Joseph in this really terrible spot, right? Really awful, like we've said, from bad to worse. And yet he still realizes that he has something to give, he has something to offer, and that in every circumstance, God has remained with him. It hasn't necessarily meant that, woo, God magically made everything better, but God has still gone with him in hard times and made, you know, made everything that Joseph touched basically prosper. There there was life. There was abundance. There was enough there, even in a hard time. And that really struck me as we were thinking about how God is calling us to give in the year to come. I mean, I I don't think any of us would, would say that things are perfect right now. You know, we're, we're still in kind of some hard times, a few of them, right? Um, mm-hmm. Things are complicated. And yet, there's still things we are called to do, ways we are called to participate in God's mission in the world, something that we have to give, something that we're good at, that we can keep doing to make meaning and life and joy in a difficult place and time. I just, I that, that parallel really struck me, I think maybe for the first time this year, as I was reading through Joseph's story, uh, and it's a heck of a story, I tell you what. Like, the story of Joseph is is like its own novel here in the last chapters of Genesis. Um, and so for the first time, that really kind of struck me this time. Um, given that, um, Pastor Brandon, was there something you heard in the lesson today that, that had meaning for you today? Well, I really like uh, what you just said, of course. Um, Well, I am am pretty brilliant and also (laughs) humble, so it's really, thank you. I mean, Joseph's jam is interpreting dreams, and even though he's in a bad place, in a a difficult circumstance, he continues to use that gift that he's been given by God, and he uses that um, to serve the people around him and uh, to serve God. So I think that's a, a very neat reminder that no matter where we find ourselves, that's still where God needs us to use the gifts God has given us. Um, but what what keeps coming, I keep coming back to is, you know, from the beginning of the story, from Pastor Steve's uh, summary or catch up, I guess. I don't know. A little bit um, of yeah. 
some sort of a condiment uh, was put on this story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Joseph was chosen by his dad and, and that got him into trouble. And sometimes I, I wonder about our lives of faith and how, you know, we're claimed by God in baptism. We're chosen by God in baptism. And sometimes being, being your dad's favorite sucks. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. So I, I just remember uh, the, the quote that I'm misquoting, my own quote from the sermon two weeks ago is, um, the life of faith isn't just rainbows, unicorns, and smiles all the time, um, but can also be a struggle. And so here's, here's Joseph um, in prison, which I would assume is a struggle, though they, the story makes it sound kind of nice. I mean, you it, know, it he's serving all the other prisoners and, you know. Just hanging out. Hanging out, yeah. making them cakes. I don't yeah. know. Um, but even in the midst of that struggle, I mean, God has still promised to be with him and is still working through him. So I, that's kind of sticks mm. out to me a little bit. Yeah. I, I, talking about, you know, being your father's favorite is not always the greatest. It makes me think, you know, when when you're on a pedestal, uh, you make a much better target. Right. So yeah. there's that kind of idea that once you've been called out and set aside, it's a lot easier uh, to be... Uh, to be pointed at, to be attacked. And oh. and to Joseph's discredit, folks, if you back up and read that story, as Pastor Steve said, it's not like Joseph is uh, the nicest kiddo. Uh, he's got a little bit of attitude to him. Um, we could chalk it up to naivete, but um, I, I can't help when I read it, but for him to be like, well, I had a dream and you're going to bow down to me. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, it's not like much like much of the characters yeah. we've been reading about in Genesis. It's not like they are fully exempt from us going, what? Um, and still, uh, his life from that day forward, from the day that his dad said, you're my favorite, um, man, didn't go great. Really didn't. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Pastor Steve, what do you what do you hear in this story? What stood out to you today? Yeah, as as you were talking, Pastor Megan, uh, talking about this text, uh, I really liked what you said, and I was captured by it. And what came to my mind was two bumper sticker theologies. Mm. Um, the first one <laughs> is "Bloom where you're planted." Mm. That's a great bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. But I think there's truth in it. Mm-hmm. And the second one comes from Frozen Two. Um, do the next right yes. thing. Yes. Talk about don't sing the song or I'll unplug yeah. you. No, I actually yeah. really love that song. Yeah. So, because so, I'm thinking, okay, I am a big Frozen 2 fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Disney animation fan. Mm-hmm. People know that about me. But when Anna is in that dark place, it's mm-hmm. very much like Joseph. Spoiler alert. Everybody's seen Frozen 2. <laughs> 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 and if you haven't, you probably don't care. Oh, but you should uh, see it. You should it see so it. It is so it's good. It's one of the few sequels that was actually better than the first mm-hmm. one. Um, but the point there is that in that moment, and by the way, I think some of the greatest theology has come out of, come out of those two Frozen movies. Um, in that dark moment, Joseph didn't know how his story was going to end. But he just, all he could do was the next right thing. And that's really all we, it's kind of how we got through the pandemic, Mm. right? Mm. I'm still crawling out of my funk and darkness of the pandemic. But I mean, when we were in the thick of it and I'm at home going, what is happening to our lives (laughs) right now? It's like you get up in the morning and you just do the next right thing. And 
you and in and, and the other thing the back to the other bumper sticker of bloom where you're planted is there there is a a monk brother lawrence i think i've talked about him before but um there's a book called practicing the presence of god where this monk was the dishwasher at the monastery and he saw his call to be the dishwasher as his calling in life mm-hmm. because every dish that he washed every breath that he breathed he was practicing the presence of god in that moment and it was washing dishes hmm. and and people came from miles to be with him because they just knew that he got it and i need to hear that every day mm. i get so distracted by all the stuff you know the fancy coats <laughs> and like what am i supposed to do with my life mm. well it's actually really simple love god love your neighbor wherever you are hmm. i don't know that's what i'm hearing in this yeah, story right yeah. now yeah yeah and, it, and there's a, a tension in this text right because there's this constant line this theme that every time that things go bad for joseph we hear and god was with him and made everything prosper and so I think it's really easy to Pollyanna the story and be like, look, it was great. It was fine. Joseph was doing great. Joseph was not doing great. <laughs> Joseph's dad thought he was dead. His brothers tried to kill him and, and abandoned him. He was sold into slavery and from slavery went into prison. He has nobody. He has nothing. He is in a foreign land. So I just want to be really clear. Like, things are truly awful. So the point of this story isn't, oh, it's not so bad. You do well. Look at the bright side. That is 0% the story. Uh, it, it is definitely a bloom where you're planted, do the next right thing kind of situation because it doesn't deny the struggle. It doesn't deny the pain and the suffering and the loss. And it says, and even so, God goes with you. God is with Joseph in this prison. God is with Joseph in his slavery. And I think it would be easy to say, well, if God was really with Joseph, then why didn't he keep him out of slavery? This I'm, I'm not going to have a, a theodicy conversation with you right now. I'm just going to keep it real life. Sometimes things are hard. And that does not mean that God is not present. It does not mean that there is still not some way that you can use what you have and who God made you to be to, like you said, serve God, and serve your neighbor. And that's mm. real life. Like that is day-to-day life. It's not always sunshine and roses and magic and unicorns to <laughs> Pastor Brandon or Brother Martin's point. I don't remember who. Oh, who that's you, right. Yeah, yeah. That was Brother Martin's point. Just like Martin Luther. For Wait, the you sermon. Were, wait, that wasn't actually Martin Luther. It that wasn't. was just you in no, costume. It was. <gasps> My whole life is in question now. Um, <laughs> I mean, to that point, it's it, that's not the point of faith, is that every God's going to make everything way uh-huh. magical sunshine. The point of faith is that God goes with you when life is life, which is to say hard and challenging. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the struggle, uh, you have something to give. You have some way to make meaning and joy and life in the midst of the struggle. That's, I think, a really beautiful part of, of especially this Joseph story, but also a lot of the stories that we've been hearing through Genesis just in general. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Last words. How do you want to? How do you want to close up this tough chapter of, of Joseph's life? Because because real spoiler alert, it gets better next week. Oh, well, I think we have two invitations, and uh, yeah. the first is uh, you know this last line: "Do not dreams belong to God? Please tell them to me." You know, um, Joseph 
comes alongside these two people in prison and listens to them mm. and notices them and is is there for them. And I think, you know, if you are looking for somebody to listen to you, <laughs> to yeah. uh, to share about what what your experience throughout this pandemic time has been like for you or any of your struggles, uh, just uh, affirmation that your pastors are here for you, your Easter staff is here for you, and we have so many volunteers too. We have trained befrienders who have gone through 20 hours of training to listen, right? So just imagine that, uh, to listen to you share kind of what this experience has been like for you. And we have uh, an event on November 9th, Tuesday, November 9th, from 7 to 8 to do just that. Hear what this pandemic experience has been like for you. And then I think an invitation for our uh, commitment card. Do you want to say statements of intent? Statement of intent. Yes. Thank you. I think the invitation to, to consider that how even in a hard year and even in hard times, uh, that there are ways God calls you to, to serve God and to serve your neighbor right here, right here at Easter Lutheran church. Uh, so I, I hope that you are, taking the time, friends, to to pray and to talk and to consider and evaluate uh, what it is that you're going to give financially in the year to come. I know uh, my husband and I always have the joy every year of sitting down and having the talk and realizing, yeah, we can grow our giving. Like, mm-hmm. we've been able to do that every year, and it's and it's been a real joy for us, even in hard times. Um, so while I'm, I'm not going to, like, should upon you, I'm not saying you have to do what I'm doing, but I am saying... There is joy in realizing even in hard times that that God has has given you so much and that Mm -hmm. you have something you can share. I think that invitation, uh, all of those beautiful invitations, are where we're going to end because there's nothing like ending with saying, hey, here's something you can go do next. So with that, these are things you can do next, friends. And in the meantime, this is uh, Easter Lutheran Church, and our mission here is indeed to grow in faith and... Carry on the work of Jesus Christ. It's good to do it with you, friends. May the road rise up to meet you.